Kevin Joseph can speak. He cannot hear. As I did the intro, I realized I kept my AC on. And so we were going to start the show with the entire time, which is quite all right. We'd be doing our Blake's Buzz uh, impersonation. We all want to. We all want to be Blake Morgan when we grow up, but uh, only one can actually do it. My name's Kevin Joseph. My co-host is Will Allred. Will, how are you this week? Doing all right, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I feel like uh, you know, time flies when you're having fun, and I feel like we just said good night to the show last week, so I've apparently had a really good seven days. Uh, I might be a little bit brain dead, so I hope that our guests are ready to explain themselves without much help from me. And what we're going to do is a very quick uh, shoot through our guest. Please introduce your book yourself and give a 30-second pitch on how you would interest somebody to your book if you were at a comic convention. Let's start with Magic Powder. All right, so I guess my elevator pitch would be Magic Powder is Dungeons & Dragons meets Breaking Bad, and it's a comic book version of that. So it's like everything you could want all in one comic. It's also got, you know, a little bit of hints of things like The Sopranos or Grand Theft Auto and, you know, The Godfather, like the name of the Dwarf Father is based on that. But it's basically just a fantasy crime story that takes place in a world that I created. Nice. So let's go from fantasy crime to uh, fictionalized but real world crime. John, can we get a, a little taste of getting back to normal? Sure. Uh, so getting back to normal is a dark comedy, uh, existential crime story um, about a man uh, who's been living on the streets for most of his life. So he's basically you're getting a detective story um, with an unreliable narrator. Uh, he finds a dead body and decides that he wants to go find the killer and he's going to bring justice to this person. So uh, this guy takes us into all sorts of crazy situations and uh, it's just he's taking us along for a ride that we to places that we don't know, normally go to. Nice. And Frank, uh, I know that it's all ages. I know it's cool looking superhero, but let's introduce us to Turkana. Turkana is a female superhero that sort of created an image of my daughter, but she was seven, which is a long time ago. She's 16 now. She said, Daddy, I don't like superheroes anymore. I like, I don't like princesses anymore. I like superheroes. And that's where the seed of the idea came from. So basically, it's an all-ages comic. Uh, she has long blue hair. She looks like a 15-year-old girl, but she's actually 150 years old. Uh, she kind of fights crime with her friend, Brittany. Um, and, you know, generally, it's kind of like a... There's a bigger, bigger story arc and stuff. It started off as three illustrated novels, but I switched to comic books in 2019. People seem to like comic books better, and I talk very fast, so I'm sorry. No, <laughs> Is that, that good for now? <laughs> no, it's, it's good enough. Let's start the deep dive. I'm going to pull up the page. And so when you say you started off for your daughter, did, did, you, did you write it first just for her, or was there a, a bigger audience in mind when you started playing with this? The idea? main thing I really wanted to do was create the superhero that she could look forward to, because back in 2016 or before then, uh, she was kind of watching Kim Possible, but she didn't like the crop top she was wearing, and you know there wasn't really a whole lot of teen superheroes that she kind of liked at the time, so okay. I created one. And the alter ego of Turkana isn't a girl named Paige. My daughter's name is Paige. Ah, so it's kind of the, the alter ego there. And um, if you like Kim Possible, Green Lantern, or Static Shock, you're probably going to like uh, Turkana. And uh, the whole purpose of the Kickstarter is for comic number seven, because there's six comics already. Comic number seven uh, is basically done. It has it, the, the colors there. The, it, it just don't have it printed off. So that's mm -hmm. basically what I need the money for is to get it printed off. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, now, if if I'm I'm just running into this for my first time, That's if okay. I wanted to try to grab the first six issues, could I get them either digitally or um, physically? Yes, you can. That that those are a couple of different uh, tiers, or whatever they call them, where you can actually get the all six comic. Matter of fact, I think you can you can get all seven comics as a physical copy or a digital copy. Or if you just want to get just the one set, let's say you have all six already, you can get that mm -hmm. one too. The one thing I did with the Kickstarter is I introduced all the characters because I pretended that okay, what if somebody's out there who hasn't seen any of this yet? There's the characters for you. You can check them out. Absolutely. Now, yeah. Paige is based on somebody. Is Brittany based on anybody? Uh, no, but I knew from the very beginning that I knew that she was going to be in the LGBT community. Uh, I didn't say anything at first until I kind of like, you know, I better say something because after all, you know, people in that community are going to like, you know, is she or, or she, she not? So that's what comic number five is all about. Um, it, there's no... She has a crush on somebody, but it's not, uh, you know, it's not Turkana. Turkana and uh, Brittany, they kind of work together. They're, they're a good mm -hmm. team, you know. There's no <laughs> relationship thing there. They're good friends. And she just has trouble at home. That's why, you know, she needs somebody to talk to. So, but that was uh, with, um, like I said, with uh, with Brittany there. And there's also other characters, too, like the, the redhead in the background there. Uh, she's uh, Maya, Maya Rose. She's kind of, she's a vegetarian. She you know, has these powers where she meditates and she can get into your head. She can't make you do things, but she can kind of get into your head, you know. She sounds like you, Will, vet, uh, a vegetarian <laughs> that gets into my head. That's right. Be, be afraid. <laughs> so and so Brit Brittany's not based on anybody, but me as Brittany's not based on anybody, but I wanted to mix the different characters. That's why, like I said, there's a vegetarian. Uh, you know, uh, Brittany is Latina. She's a lesbian. Uh, Brian, he's a nerdy kid. He likes playing video games. He doesn't, you know, go out too much, but like, you know, he kind of helps him out. But he's a he's a kid at home on the computer. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> basically, basically everybody on this panel's avatar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. For real. <laughs> but somebody had to be at home and say, "Hey, look out! There's somebody over there," and that's that's going to be his job. So. But yeah, Will and I don't do this late on Friday nights because we have a super full social calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I think that's fair to say. <laughs> but as you can see, as you're scrolling through there, I did um, uh, take give everybody a sneak peek at all the other comics as well. This way, they can kind of get a sneak peek of all the other comics that were are, that are available. So, is your um, illustrator the same on each comic? Yes. Or, okay. Um, comic number seven is basically is called "You Can't Save Everyone," and the, the whole premise of it is he she hey there's a fire and it just so happens it's the fire of britney's uncle's house and there's a girl there who's like 10 years old the girl has a dad and hey they gotta go save the person inside well she goes inside and the house is kind of falling apart well she goes in there and she saves a little girl she has to go back and get the, the, the dad because he, there was something falling on him she couldn't do it at the same time and then when she goes back the house explodes so now she has to deal with that. I'm saying, I, I'm trying to get, make sure people understand these characters. I, I love character development. So yeah, the comic number five was all about Brittany and her sexuality and stuff, and how she deals with that at home. But now this one's about, you know, Turkana and how how is she going to deal with, you know, trying to save somebody? Because after all, heroes can't save everybody all the time, you know. Mm -hmm. 
No, I agree with that totally. Yeah. And that's a deep thing to put in an all ages book. So I think that's pretty, uh, that's pretty cool to be thinking about it. But mm -hmm. who, who is the art team? Who, who and how His name is Javel. He's, uh, he's on Fiverr, but uh, he, he charges a lot more than he did a long time ago. Because <laughs> Fiverr is yeah. a lot different now than it was back when I, you know, saw many, many years ago. Matter of fact, my wife used to do voiceovers on Fiverr. But now it's like, you know, nothing is five bucks anymore on Fiverr. It's just a name now. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, but we, he'd been my artist for a long time and I have uh different stretch goals in their stuff too. But I also tried to get stretch goals that I thought, okay, it's an all ages comic. So let's pick some things that are for all ages stuff like hats and keychains and that kind of stuff. So awesome. Yeah. All right. I popped back in and I see somebody in, in the thing. Is this Chris, you with us? Chris, but Hey, Chris. <laughs> What's going on, everyone? Hey, buddy. Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, we nice always like out. we always like the people who come in at, at, at you know like they, they let it get they let it get warmed up. They let it get warm up, and then they come in hot. So um, it's great to see you. We're going to give you a thirty second pitch. Just as we're done with Turkana, I want to uh, make sure that we finish the deep dive there. Um, if you if you had a chance to just keep writing this. Would it go on forever? Do you have, you said there was a big story. Do you have kind of an end game in mind? Well, right now I want to end it at comic number 10. I do have an idea for an end of it, but what I really want to do more than anything is try and get this into an animated series. Because if you look at the artwork, it does look like an animated series. It, it, it looks very, you know, cartoonish almost. Right. Uh, and that's what the whole idea was a long time ago. So I've, I've written a, a pitch book, but I got to put it together uh, better. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping I can get somebody to, to pay attention to it and maybe turn into a, a non-nuded series because that thing would be fantastic, especially if it's something like the Owl House or Amphibia where you can, you know, it's a it's a young audience, but it's also more mature. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, like Avatar Last Airbender was like, it's, it's a young audience, but it's like more mature themes, you know? In Infinity Train, that, that's yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly, absolutely. yeah. <laughs> that's cool. what I'm hoping for, but, you know. I feel really? like a lot of all ages, you know, comics don't really, they talk down to the reader. And mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like this is going to happen with what you guys got going on with Tracona. Well, yeah, like, you I, know, I, even I, like you were yeah. saying, like how like you know heroes can only save so many people and stuff like that. You know, they don't get that concept in a lot of like uh, young adult stuff or even children's mm -hmm. stuff. So that's cool that you're going there. Yeah, and, and again, I'll let somebody get that for a second. In the comic number five with the LGBT comic, uh, it's like I didn't want to show the relationship. I want to show okay what she's dealing with because she has a dad that's kind of like doesn't like that kind of stuff. You know, doesn't want to talk about that kind of stuff. So it's like, okay, she needs somebody to talk to. She needs somebody to go to. And it's like, how, how's she doing with it at home? So that's, I wanted to approach it differently than like, oh, there's two people together. You know, it's like, this is what she deals with. So. And that's the thing too, because I hear, you know, a lot of complaints on anything, whether or not it's a, you know, um, LGBTQ or even just like cis or whatever. It's just like, either way, I'm not there to see the romantic parts of their relationship. Like you said, I want to see them either having a good time outside of that or, like you said, dealing with the haters they got to deal with or mm -hmm. just dealing with, you know, maybe working in the way of a relationship, kids getting, you know what I mean? Just the real life relationship problems. Cause like, I don't need, I know what kissing looks like. You know what I mean? I know what nudity yeah. looks, you know, we all <laughs> been there. So like that stuff, I feel like is a little overplayed. I know some people say, you know, they're fighting to keep it around and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But to me, that's not what I'm going in it for. So mm -hmm. it's cool. That's mm -hmm. not what your story focuses I, on. I want to, I want to, like I said, I want, I want good characters and I want to see what those characters deal with. That's the whole thing. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what yeah. it's about, you know, cause where's the conflict? Mm -hmm. you know, exactly that's what it is all right we got keeping it geekly in the chat we already talked about hey, uh, this is another <laughs> awesome comic podcast um says i'm here for the romantic parts you know well, just, 
You know, she does have a crush on somebody, but uh, it's just like it's just mentioned. It's just, she's kind of across the cheerleader, and she's like, "Well, no, I'm, I won't tell her," you know. <laughs> so, but that's but probably like, very accurate. It, so, yeah, that's accurate to the age too. I mean, who told their crush they were in th these characters are what middle school? Yeah, they're fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. So sophomore in high school. So yeah. sometimes you tell your crush, sometimes you don't. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean. I, thankfully, the world's a lot better for kids growing up that way than it was when I was in high school when, mm -hmm. the you know, we were not as open to it, not as kind as I wish I would have been in high school, mm -hmm. um, you know, but we were taught that that was bad and you need to tell people not to do it. And yeah, I was taught wrong and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. spending my life trying to trying to not be that person I was in high school, but we actually didn't have comic books put that out for me to read it and make these realizations myself so i, I think that's pretty cool what you're doing and uh all the luck on Tricana. i'm going to definitely uh get the catch up here i'm going to check on the digital or the physical depending on what my credit card is this month but i'm going to okay. get one or the other <laughs> after the show um that'd be Chris, awesome you didn't get to do the 30 second pitch so what we're going to do is we're going to have you do the 30 second pitch as i pull up um the saturn effect and then we'll go straight into the deep dive. Uh, we're going to go hardcore sci-fi sci before we get into our two uh, crime crime stories. So we'll try to deal with it, deal with a theme. Uh, so catch everybody up. The Saturn Effect. Uh, what what is this book? Uh, while I pick up the page. All right. So the Saturn Effect Alpha is my sci-fi epic where we follow stellar siblings Alpha and Centauri as they try and free their home, the Titan colonies from the earth empire and it's a mature sci-fi epic for fans of uh, star wars and the expanse and uh, yeah this is issue issue five we've done this about uh well we've done this five times now so about five times, <laughs> about yeah. five times. <laughs> unless, unless you really screwed up the numbering system <laughs> um i do have to read i loved i loved your uh, asterisk here series contains strong language nudity suggestive themes violence and all around badass sci-fi shit. So honestly, guys, he, he told you what's in the book. So if, if you can handle it, get on it. Um, issue five is this. Um, how many um, volumes are you doing? And where is issue five in the, the trajectory of the story? So we are going to be doing two volumes of the Siren Effect uh, Alpha. We have volume one out now. And that came out last year. And our newest issue, issue five, is for the first issue of volume two. So this is the beginning of the end, as I like to say. We are gearing up to our final uh, big conclusion that, you know, we've been waiting for for a long time now, especially if you've been someone that's been reading The Siren Effect uh, since the very beginning when we released it online for free at uh, thesirenefect.com with The Siren Effect Ajax. Uh, it's been a, it's a lot of different storylines, a lot of different characters, and Issue five is where all of these different uh, these different stories finally collide into one spot, and we can finally push forward to that uh, ultimate conclusion. Okay, I had to stop on this. What I assume is a double page spread. Yes. Okay, so when I see an image like this, I have to say, who is your artist? Where did you find them? Uh, this page is immaculate. So this is the amazing, like supremely talented master Mazzoli, Frances uh, Francesco Mazzoli. Um, I, I met him through the artist for TSC Ajax, Jacopo Callisti, 
I wanted to make a a one shot for Alpha, and he was like, "You'll use this guy. He he's awesome." And I mean, Francesco and I have been you know great friends since, and he recommended his uh, you know really long time good friend Marco D'Alessandro to do the colors. So us three have been a team uh, along with Reed Hinkley Barnes on the lettering, and we've just been making this for the past couple of years now. And yeah, I mean, Francesco's the man. And for all, honestly, for all of us, this book is like a happy place for us. Like we get to come back to Alpha and, you know, just play around with stuff and be creative and do really awesome sci-fi, you know, badass sci-fi shit, as I like to say. And and yeah, it's been really awesome. And I'm, I th- thank you for pointing them out because I love to, to, to give shout outs and praise to my artists because they all honestly do so much work. And yeah. they put in so much time into, into these books. And, I, I, you know, I appreciate all of them. And sometimes it's hard to shout out everyone now that we've been doing it for so long because there's so many artists that are on, you know, the Red Sea team. Right. And uh, it's, it's really nice to give them their flowers when, when you can. Well, we, you know, we, we do this as a podcast and a YouTube show. Um, and we try to make it podcast centric because, you know, but if you if you if you're on the podcast, go to the YouTube page and check out the depth of field of these these images i mean they're just absolutely extraordinary yeah masoli just has this amazing eye for for everything honestly um but when it comes to just page compositions i i I don't think there's really many people that do it better than him he's he can do anything and he uh, it's actually funny so i have a new book this is a slight tangent i have a new book coming out uh in august and we he's he's an awesome artist and he you, you know he's uh just doing the first page layouts and then he starts reading the Saturn effect, um, you know, for inspiration. And I was, I had to tell him, was like, yes, Masoli is amazing, but he's also, he's also a crazy man. You know, he's yeah. also like, <laughs> he's, he's been in the lab for years and, you know, it's, you can't just go jump into it and expect to be able to emulate something that takes as long as, as, as it does that he's gotten to, you know, it takes years of, of practice and training and, and then even teaching others because Masoli also teaches. So um, it is just to say, you know, just to put Masoli up on that pedestal even further, because he's a really awesome artist and yeah, his perspective, his everything is, is immaculate top, top tier. You've already mentioned the colors. Who's your letterer because your lettering is very unique and cool too. Uh, yeah, that is Reed Hinkley Barnes, and we, we developed the the style for this um, from after reading things like Valerian. Um, this is a, a straight callback to their, they also use uh, square bubbling in, in their bu- uh, book. And, you know, this whole entire series is really just a love letter to sci-fi as a whole. You know, there's it's a love letter to things like Star Wars and The Expanse, but also to things like The Inkle and Valerian. And you mentioned The Inkle. I mean, this this has a a European flavor to it. I mean, if I can go go like, you know, because you you talk about the Inkle and, and, you know, Valerian and things like that. And I I think you're right that the the lettering really contributes to that, but also the art and the coloring really kind of work to at least give me the feel of, you know, something like a, you know, a a Mobius book, you know, or. Speaking of the feel, I got to love the sci-fi sound effects we got going on. Yeah. <laughs> whoever's doing that try to keep it you know well we're on this book try to keep it coming yeah yeah <laughs> sets the mood but yeah um i mean you're spot on that you know interestingly enough mazzoli di alessandro they're both from from italy so you know heavily inspired by by all of those people and and just european and comics in general and so yeah this series is very is very much a uh, a European style book and we, we try and put out a lot of different awesome art at in awesome different styles 
um, from Red Sea. You know, we have this one, and we also have our previous campaign, Control Z, which is also an artist from Italy, but his style is uh, way more American. So we like to balance it out and sort of, you know, give a, a nice range. And, you know, with the other projects coming down the line, there, there'll there be other art styles that'll, you know, it, as a whole, when you see them all together, you'll be able to be like, you know what, I can see why this is all Red Sea. So if somebody is is watching or listening and they, they haven't seen the Saturn effect yet and they want to catch up, you said you had volume one. Can they catch up with floppy comics? Can they catch up with a trade paperback or a hardcover? How would they go about getting the first four stories so that they, they start in fresh? So definitely grab the volume trade paperback. Uh, as we continue forward, we want people that has have supported us and you know, gone to our specific campaigns to feel like they've gotten something special. So, you know, after a volume comes out, it might be a little bit harder to find single issues. So currently we do have um, about five or six of issue four um, singles available on the current campaign. But if you want one of the other ones, you have to, you know, follow along and hopefully you'll see maybe a quick drop of, you know, the very original first edition uh, Alpha Ones that we put out that don't even have, you know, the Red Sea um, uh, logo on it because they're so old and it didn't even have Red Sea. You might be able to find those things by following along and checking on uh, on updates. But otherwise, if that, that, felt, that felt very like a very pointed hint. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, yes, definitely. Not exactly an exclusive, but a very pointed hint. Yes, definitely. But that's brilliant. That's a great way to get, you know, get people excited and paying attention and reading the updates. I think that's a absolutely great idea. Yeah, you know, it's and obviously we we all are learning from other creators. So shout outs to Charlie Stickney, uh, one of the uh, uh, godfathers of, of Kickstarter at this point. We hit between him, Pat Shand and uh, a few others. Uh, there's a lot of knowledge and that you can just glean from seeing what they do. And, and we don't use uh, Charlie's uh, name on this show. What, is, okay. what do you say, Will? We call him that guy. That, that guy. guy. <laughs> well, that guy. That guy knows what he's doing. That and, guy. That guy is all right, but he comes up enough. We don't need to use his name. He's like Madonna, but we don't have to do the Madonna. <laughs> yeah, just that guy. Uh, it's funny you said that, and it, it reminded me of that guy uh, dropping his, uh, you know, San Diego Comic Con uh, Glarians in a in a Kickstarter. So, yeah, no, we all we all beg, borrow, steal, um, yep. learn from learn from each other's successes, yep. learn from each other's mistakes, and I think that's one of the great thing about the community is that we we can do so. And one thing that I'm going to stop this right now. I'm not going to talk about the Saturn effect for a second. You guys might have heard that Fort Lauderdale had a little bit of rain last week. That that kind of came up, right? <laughs> the day that it rained that way, my my very good postal worker who does a fabulous job put a Kickstarter um, rewards in in my in my mailbox, and she didn't close it that day. And about three hours into the rainstorm that um, flooded out all of Fort Lauderdale Airport, my wife noticed that our mail was soaking wet. And so I got these rewards from somebody named Chris Moses. And I looked at, at the Gemini mailer that was dark brown because it had been poured on for three hours. And I said, well, if these books are ruined, I'm not going to complain. Because there's nothing you can do. I opened that up. 
They were bagged and boarded inside. They were taped shut. The Gemini mailer kept them completely, perfectly safe. So, Chris, thank you for packing your rewards great. They passed, like, what was that commercial where the monkey beat up the luggage back when I Samsonite was Samsonite like, luggage. Samsonite, Samsonite yeah. luggage. <laughs> they, they passed the Samsonite challenge. So I, I do want everybody to know, if you back, Chris will send you the rewards. And you can throw them in the pool. <laughs> I don't think you should, but you can. So I really I feel like we need an... I feel like we need an asterisk down here that says, please do not do what Kevin just said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. These are not suggestions. That's kind of a banner we could have every week. Please do not do what Kevin suggests. Yeah. All right. But so, that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad that they got to you, and I'm, I'm really happy. It, so I was, like, theorizing. I was like, how could this have happened? And I'm guessing your mailbox opens up like that. So it no, it, oh, no, but it rained. Like, you know, the forest say sometimes it rained up. Like, okay. <laughs> I, I, you know, not, not to belabor the point, it rained like a hurricane without the heavy wind. Mm, okay. I have never, I've lived here for, um, I'm 48. I've lived here like 36 of my 48 years. I've never seen it rain like this. It was nuts, but it just went straight in and it was as soaked as you could possibly be. But Gemini Mailer uh, kept it great. And that, this is a point where Joey Galvez is going to attack me. If I don't let you know, guys, <laughs> if you want to buy Gemini Mailers, go to their website, use Geek Collective 10 for 10% off, and uh, they will keep your books safe if you... Um, also bag and board them and tape them real good like Chris did. Um, so that, that'll keep Joey off of me for a week. And I can confirm <laughs> I, that that code actually works because I used that on my last campaign. So thank you, Joey, for that. Yeah, yeah no, and it's I think, great. Uh, Alan from uh, Pocus Hocus mm -hmm. uh, and Grandma Chainsaw said that it was actually, with that code, it was actually cheaper to order them directly from Gemini than it was from Amazon. So mm -hmm. there you yeah, go. <laughs> Yes, but then that deprived Jeff, Jeff Bezos of money. And we don't want to do that because <laughs> what we need is richer billionaires. That's right. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's uh, we, we've been out in outer space. Uh, let's let's come back closer to home. But let's stay. Uh, let's go from sci fi to fantasy. So, Jeff, let's let's take a look at magic powder. Number four, I'm going to pull it up. And if you could um, kind of tell us. Is the art team the same of the first three issues? And whether they are or not, how did you get everybody together for Magic Powder? All right. So for Magic Powder 4, it is the same art team. Um, Danielle Apolani out of Italy. He's been on the uh, art since page one all the way back. Actually, since the character concepts we started to do uh, back in July of 2021. And then um, my main cover A artist is Samuel Awunzi out of uh, Nigeria. He does the A cover on every single Magic Powder so far. And then we have um, a variant cover, which is our second variant cover ever. And it's also done by Matt Harding, who did the first variant cover on issue two. And this one, you'll see it when you scroll down. Um, it's based on Grand Theft Auto, kind of like the cover. So it's like an homage to Grand Theft Auto. So hopefully, you know, that draws some people in. We're waiting on the full color version, but he got me the uh, inks done before we launched. So I was glad to have that up there for everybody. And then my sister, she does all like the graphics. She made the logo and stuff like that. She does anything I need um, Photoshop wise, things like that. So, and that's the whole team right there. Cause Danielle does the colors, the letters, he does the inks, he does everything. So, and then nice. here's Matt's uh, cover right here. 
Nice. Yeah, it came out really good. I was stoked about it. I kind of just like let him freewheel on it, and then uh, he sent it to me. And the top left corner was originally a helicopter, but this is in Godfather 3, so there is no helicopter in Magic Powder. <laughs> and um, so I had to have him change that. But he told me that every single uh, GTA cover has a top left corner helicopter, apparently. So we changed it to the Dwarves Drill from the last issue, since it's something that spins around like that. Um, but yeah, so that's fun. But yeah, he, he he picked everybody he wanted, like how either they're shot and everything. So that's all, all him. So we got the dwarf father up top, and then you got on the right, you got Breaker Skate, and then you got the orc and goblin bosses there. You got the Minotaur with his crazy uh, minigun. You got one of the Finns who are he's like a merman. Then you got a goblin, and then the dwarf father's car from the first issue, all on that cover. So that'll be cool. Anyone who's like been following Magic Potter, I think, will enjoy that cover a lot. Or if you just like Grand Theft Auto, you probably like that cover a lot. But yeah, great. And these are all the names of everybody who does all the work. Just great work by everybody. Is is Raven doing the lettering as well? Who's doing the lettering? Oh, uh, Danielle. letters. Yeah, Danielle does those. Yep. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, he and just. The lettering looks really, really slick. I mean, I, I really like the lettering on this. Yeah, I'm. I love it too. Like, I, I I'm a big fan. Originally, on uh, the very first issue, I sent out a couple like preview pages for everybody and they said we needed to kind of space out the letters a little bit and so after that it always came back with a pretty positive feedback so yeah he's just great at what he does and then he's just getting better and better like the colors man the letter because originally you know i just i just seen his artwork and it was all black and white and i was like this is cool he was on um reddit comic book collabs reddit and i just posted i was looking for an artist he just posted he finished a comic with ricky lima out of canada mm, and he was yeah. looking for you know a writer to work with so I hit him up and he, uh, you know, he's like, I can do colors. I can do letters. He sent me some examples. They were cool. And then um, the very first time he ever did like a magic powder page, and I see the colors. I was just like, oh my. So like, he just like, because a big part of magic powder too. I didn't mention it earlier. It's based off of like an idea I got while I was watching the show Gamora, which takes place in Naples, like in Italy. And then Danielle's from Italy. So when I told him, you know, that's kind of like, I wanted it to kind of look like ancient Rome, but like then, you know, projects built to top of that, which is kind of what's going on out there, you know? So it's like you had this old ancient civilization and now it's just modernized. It's kind of buried underneath everything. You know what I'm saying? It's built upon on like, you know, the water. And so, you know, he just, as someone from Italy, he just can just put me there. So it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Fez feels a little bit like Italy. It feels like New York. It feels like our own thing. It's like, I just, I, can't, I just love working with Daniel. So yeah, he's like, a godsend basically i couldn't even i don't need, you know i found him like i said on reddit of all places so thank god for social media i found sam on facebook i found matt on twitter i found my sister in one of my bedrooms <laughs> probably at some point you know she just moved in and she was there for the rest of my life so that's how that works <laughs> and, and, and you probably didn't want her for the first three or four years and now you're realizing oh my god she's she yeah. has some purpose I don't know exactly when I became protective of my sister, but yeah, probably not right at the beginning, you know? It was like, uh, what, what are you doing here? You know, you're kind of loud. But yeah, are you the oldest, Jeff? Uh, no, I'm the middle child. So my, I got an older brother and then I got a younger sister. So, you know, and my brother, you know, my brother's cool. He lives in, uh, right now he's living in New York actually, but yeah, Raven lives in New Jersey. So I'm out here in Vegas all by myself, but what are you gonna do? I also, yeah, see, that that you, uh, I also see that you know the secret though of, of the Italian artist. That's yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. What you were talking about it earlier, I was like, yep, you got it. No doubt about it. And it's like, you know, there's a ton of great Italian artists all over social media, especially like on Twitter. Um, so yeah, like, you know, I don't know what it is, what they're doing out there, but they're churning out 
tons of great artists. So. Will and yeah. I run into a lot of great Italian artists and a lot of French great, er, a lot of great French artists uh, yeah. on the show. Yeah. And I, I think and we've talked about it before. I think it's just the perfect time zone change because we can, if the writer's in America, we can stay up late, write a bunch of stuff, and we can email it, and we can go to sleep, yeah. and. We can wake up and the, the page isn't drawn, but I bet they, there's a character thing that they've, I'm thinking something like this that they've emailed back. And so you wake up and it's sort of like, you know, this magic elf has been working <laughs> while you slept. You know, and it's then, like that Rick and Morty episode where they yeah. just put their bodies to work while they're asleep. Like, yeah, oh. and then they go to sleep and then we get it back and we're like, oh, well, this looks good. And then we write something. And so when they wake up, it's like their American elf has been working. So I, I'm a big <laughs> proponent of the one continent over comic collaboration personally. Yeah, it's really cool like that. Like you said, and, you know, we wake up to like, you know, just fun art. Like that starts your day so great. It's like, you know, who needs coffee now? I already feel like gold, you know, like so just going out feeling great. So, yeah, I mean, Magic Powder has been going great. I love all the people I get to work with. And, you know, the campaigns have been going good. Like this is our strongest first two days ever. So, like, you know, we got a long way to go. But we went to we made 6,000 on last issue. So I'm not really worried about hitting it. You know what I mean? That's, I think we'll make it Well, in a lot of the like, you know, return people haven't came yet we got a lot of new people already so i think we'll be all right and um you know then i got you know you guys always shout us out and stuff like that I, there's a lot of support out there on twitter and stuff that's the thing like they can't ruin you know what's out there you know what i mean i know there's a lot mm -hmm. of social media stuff even facebook and instagram is not what it used to be and especially twitter now but you know it's still going it's still pumping for us like there's still readers out there waiting for us to put out our new work and there's still other artists and other writers and other you know editors and everybody else just trying to you know spread the word for each other because you know they say retweet don't go as far as it used to and stuff like that and you know, it's probably true, but you know, uh, you know, if you can, you you can get a hundred shorts. Yeah. That's the thing. I, you know, not yet. Just because, you know, where I'm at, it's not exactly aesthetically pleasing for videos and stuff, but uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta work on, you know, getting out of this, this dump before I gotta do stuff like that again. But yeah. I used to do like Twitch's streams and stuff like that, which is cool, but the internet here kind of sucks. So I can't really do that anymore, but um, yeah, uh, you know, but yeah, exactly. Like yeah, do vertical camera shots instead of nice looking landscape camera shots. And that's what the kids like nowadays, 20 seconds or less, whatever, you know, and you're not wrong. That's really, that's really what gets the numbers up now. It's gr it's gross how they just choose what's going to work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this used to work, but <laughs> screw you guys. We're just going to make it new now. Like, you know, algorithms, yeah. all that nonsense. Like <laughs> if I have 8,000 followers, 8,000 people will get online at that time, which they obviously won't, but if they are on at that time, they should see it, but that's not how it works. Yeah. It, that you would you would have thought that 10 years ago wouldn't you yeah exactly yeah, yeah when i get on twitter in like 2008 and it was still kind of just like the timeline is the timeline you know there wasn't even mutes yet and now there's like muting each other pretending you're following each other like it's all that stuff never mind what they got going on in the background <laughs> i've been <laughs> noticing you haven't been replying to my uh but that's okay yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly it's like, hmm. But yeah, right. I got you followed on too. Anyone who like does anything to do with magic powder, I can't mute because I would never want to offend them as they read my stuff. So I know better than that. <laughs> I, I, had like, a, yeah. I had a, a Twitter friend like DM me and go, why did you unfollow me? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. And they said, well, you unfollowed me. And I'm like, look, dude, if I did, it was on accident. I love your feed and uh, refollowed him. It, I don't know if it, I, you know, like, Put it put my my phone in my pocket and it did it or yeah you know, sometimes it just 
And this was long before. I, I think know, sometimes the stupid thing, you know, just does follow right? people for you. Yeah. yeah, no doubt about yeah. it. Like they try to cause drama for yeah. us. Yeah, I would definitely <laughs> have not. And, you know, like about three days later, that person refollowed me. I was like, oh, oh, so that was offensive. I, I promise you, I did not mean to, but it's okay. You know, like. <laughs> Check this out. True story after last uh, issue, you know, I got a new reader or whatever, and they, they were a little, you know, over the top online kind of. You could see they needed some help offline there's nothing I can really do about it. And so like, you know, I remember they, they were just like freaking out all the time and they hit me up one time. They're like, do you have me blocked on Instagram? And they hit me up on Twitter. And I'm like, I don't even think I follow this person on Instagram. So I went over to look on Instagram and I was like, you know, I told him I don't think so. And I went to go look and you know, I, they weren't blocked or anything. And I followed him. And then I went back to Twitter and he had like unfollowed me on Twitter. <laughs> And I was just like, all right. And I just blocked the dude on both. I was like, you know, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for anyone who's like counting followers that closely. Stuff like yeah. That. What's time for any of that? <laughs> no, nah, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, you know, I hear it helps your numbers. If you have certain ratio, whatever. I just, nah, man, like just leave right me now alone. The biggest right uh, conflict on Twitter is the blue check mark. I, I'm yeah, a voice actor. So a lot of voice actors I know who have these blue check marks for a long time, they took them away from them. Like right. Mark Hamill, mm -hmm. Tara Strong, and all these other famous voice actors, they took their blue check mark away because they're not going to pay for it. But it's like <laughs> Mark Hamill has like 15 million followers. Does he really need a blue check mark? <laughs> you know who it is. Yeah, and that's the thing. You just click on the account and you can see how many followers they have. Exactly. Like if it's fake Mark Hamill, he's got 20 followers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some yeah. people are kind of going up. Like I have a, a friend of mine named uh, uh, John Bailey. He's the epic voice guy. He does the voices for um, uh, uh, oh the on his trailers anyway uh, he yeah. had a blue check mark because he's he does voice acting in california but they took it away and he's not paying for it it's like mm -hmm. <laughs> people know me from other places i'm not gonna buy a blue check mark so that's the biggest yeah. conflict right now on twitter paying yeah. for twitter is not punk rock that's all i'm gonna yeah, do. <laughs> yeah. the facebook thing is doing the same thing too if you have a a, fa a page and you want a blue check mark to make sure it's you but you know I, I bought one for this month to see if it got me any more interaction for my campaign. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just I haven't seen any kind of difference from anything. So yeah, I don't I, really like you can, you can edit your tweets. And you can tweet longer tweets, I guess. Oh. But I haven't I haven't found the need to tweet like 200 or whatever it is like, you know, long <laughs> tweets. So eh, I, it, after it expires, it's probably going to. That's it. <laughs> I think I remember you you kind of putting up that you were thinking about it. And I I get it. A hundred percent. I get it because I, I don't really put any money into Facebook, but when I've got a campaign rolling, I will boost my posts five bucks here, five bucks there, you know, not nothing. I'm, I'm not a big spender, but I do get throw eight bucks, try to get the algorithm to, to help you out. So I definitely don't side. I that don't side. I that during a campaign, right. I, I totally get the experiment. It sucks. And we'll get into this during your deep dive. It sucks to hear that you haven't felt it has been a big difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, know? I mean, honestly, I've I've wasted more money on Instagram ads in the past. You know, I've sunk like you know forty bucks into that just trying it out, and it just like didn't do anything for me. So I was like, I can do eight dollars just to see, and um, it's you know whatever. It's it's eight dollars, and it's one month. Yeah. <laughs> what what really sucks is when you you mess up the ad and you run it. Five dollars a day for thirty days, um, and you yeah. meant to run it for like eight. That's right. and then you realize, oh shit! I it's spent, still going. I've spent like the last one hundred and twenty-five dollars on a campaign that's been over for three weeks. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking from 
absolute experience. I did that once. Right. <laughs> so, actually, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, you know, and I heard the same thing, you know, John said that on Twitter and I've seen a couple other people say, you know, or even they were looking at the guidelines and it says like, oh, your boost will be posted. This is a pending uh, feature and stuff like that. And so, yeah, everyone I've seen, I think even Blake tried it, a few other people. And, you know, basically everyone was saying they were getting, you know, getting the same amount of reactions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I haven't tried it. But like, yeah, like you said, if it, if it was really worth it and 8,000 people on my timeline would actually see me for eight bucks that month. And why wouldn't you on Kickstarter throw that in your budget, that $8, yeah. and just do it? You know, I'm I know it's pissing a lot of people off. You know, I'm surprised Kickstarter isn't catching the bandwagon. Hey, give us some extra money. We'll give you the, you know, the whatchamacallit. The, you know, we're <laughs> featured we you, you know. Yeah, yeah that project we love badge. Project, yeah. Now you can pay for it. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Eight dollars no, no, good, yeah, no ideas. Bucks. Yeah, don't give them any ideas. I think they actually, somebody posted uh, a Twitter, like, deep dive into, like, the API and stuff. And it, they they showed you ex- like some idea of like the multiplier on the virality of your post um, and like what type of interactions do what. And there is some sort of multiplier that you get from having this blue check mark, but it's not like a huge significant boost, you know, mm-hmm. so it probably isn't worth it. But 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 maybe maybe I, I read that thread and I was super yeah, surprised that likes actually helped more than retweets. It's stupid. See, I'm not sure if it's clear that whoever posted that sort of like equated whatever favorites were or something like that as likes. It's not necessarily clear if that's likes or bookmarks from. Yeah, when people used to bookmark them. Yeah, yeah, from from that from from there. I mean, maybe he's somewhere else in the code or whatever he was looking at says something differently that makes it clear that likes give this amount, but. If you read the screenshots, the other ones, it seems way more, you know, clear. You clear. It's like retweets is this, you know, um, uh, comments are this. this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but this one specifically that's apparently likes is just says favorites, which is like none of the options. So okay. so um, I feel like it's up in the air if that Both actually still does it. But it's right. possible that that likes are are as powerful as as that set makes it seem. Well, there was a time, and this this predated uh, Elon, Elon um, where I was seeing more likes in my feed than retweets, which make no sense whatsoever, because I really, you know, like there's a much more virile, I want people to see this for a retweet. Yeah, that's why and, I hit retweet. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right? Yeah. So, but it, I guess it made sense in my mind, but I, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go for it. No, on, on TikTok, you can, uh, the likes and the comments do a lot for a video. But then again, uh, that's video, not tick, uh, you know, Twitter, but Twitter, yeah. still, it, it likes and comments. I'm sure has a lot to do with it too. You know, totally. If people are commenting exactly. and liking it. You know, maybe they'll do it more. Basically, what I know is if if you are a fan of a a book that's running a campaign, mm-hmm. even if I do the dumbest tweet you've ever read, please like it. Please, you <laughs> yeah, know, it helps every it, single like you, every single com- tweet. comment back retweet it you know like it's it's free and it it does do a lot because there are some things where somebody's been just just hearing about getting back to normal for eight days and they haven't gone to the page yet but then they see it on chris's page they see it on my page they see it on will's page and all of a sudden they're like well fine i'll go check it out right they watch the trailer and they're like oh this seems cool and you know you need to get 20 people to any page and this is not you know knocking your it's that's the way it works you need 20 people to come to every kickstarter page to get a backer mm-hmm. I, but, 
Speaking of that, I have, I have an interesting question. Hmm. Um, I've had two failed Kickstarters already. This is my number third. Third time's a charm, right? Well, I, I hope. I mean, I again, <laughs> I've only I only really need enough money to get money for the printing of the cost of the, of the comic. Mm -hmm. But it's like the first time I did this in 2020, and I was asking for like 2000 and that really failed. The second one for a book, it was, wasn't for Turkana, for something totally different. I thought, well, hey, this different thing might work. Well, I've only asking for a thousand. Now I got to like four hundred. Mm -hmm. So either okay, what am I doing wrong? But this time I'm only asking for five hundred. So it's not that much. And I only have like eight backers. So it's like yeah. on one end I'm a little worried, but I'm thinking, eh, I still have like twenty five days left. So maybe there's a little time to, to get to that. You know, well, but there, there's definitely what's the secret. Time. I want to know. <laughs> there's definitely time. I do think an all ages book is is a rougher sell on yeah, a little more than, difficult, yeah, than other platforms. What what I've learned and i did a kid's book that you know we just got funding from the good graces of my tart readers and mm. then for 20 days we didn't go anywhere like <laughs> our funding goal was 2500 and we had it in like two days and it was a 30-day campaign and i mm. think we finished with 2700 okay now we think we you would have set it higher you would have made more that's, that's a super good question that I can't answer. I do know that um, I was like, oh, I don't know how to do this Kickstarter thing. And then when Tyler James emailed me and said, hey, do you want to be part of Comics Lunch? I said, oh, yes, I really, really do. Because I thought I knew this and I don't know this. <laughs> um, but it was a kid's book because people go to Kickstarter to buy books for themselves. Mm-hmm not necessarily to buy books for someone else. And an all ages book is normally someone buying it for a son, a daughter, a niece, a nephew. And it is, it is tougher. So I don't think you're doing anything specifically wrong and you certainly have time to make it and you're coming on podcast and you're, you're doing the work. Um, I, I just think it's Kickstarter isn't at this point an all ages book, like, Yes, it's going to land. Mm -hmm. I think too, like Phil says in the comments over here, though a lot of it is like you know how you know marketing to your your audience. Like, what's your audience look like? Because if you don't have one yet, you got to build that almost. Like, it's almost like a pre-launch. You got to do your audience first, then you got to do the pre-launch, then you got to do the launch. Like you got to because you because it's a time limit with the Kickstarter. If it wasn't, you wouldn't have to do that. But mm -hmm. like, I think that's a big part of it. So like me personally, before I even did my first comic, like I had, you know, a Twitter following just from all the other stupid crap I've done online over the years. Uh -huh. And so like, you know, it just, and like, you know, I've been writing and all these other things and stuff. But like when my first comic came out and, and not only that, but it like, I think it was like, you know, it was good quality. So that helped also. But yeah, just like my audience is already built in. So I knew I already had like 50 people that were going to back it just from, you know, if I would hit them up, be like, yo, I got a comic book. I knew they would, they had my back, like family, friends, Twitter people, YouTube people. Like I just knew I had that audience. And now I feel like, you know, it's up to like about 300 people or so. And hopefully, you know, keep going 500, you know, just keep going. Like, you know, cause I'm personally, I'm not trying to find like a publisher for what I'm doing. I'm just trying to keep it going the way we do it, you know, until someone wants to like do something else, like different media with it maybe. But like outside of the comic books themselves for right now, I don't mind shipping 500 comics. Like it don't bother me. <laughs> It, it's it's a it's a rough job, but the more you have to ship, the better you've done. Yeah, exactly. It's Sorry. like a, yeah, like it's like oh, it hurts my back, but you're also patting yourself on the back at the same yeah. time. <laughs> no big deal. Okay, like I, I'm going to cons, I'm going to bookstores, you know, I'm, I'm going on podcasts. So yeah, I think, I think I'm doing the work here. No, you <laughs> do, you are, and yeah. you but have a good con, personality, I feel like. So yeah, like, yeah, you'll be good, man. 
but cons and bookstores don't help you don't help you on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they help you translate. at cons and they help you at bookstores. But yeah. it's a whole different audience. You might talk to twenty people at a convention, and one of them backs Kickstarters. Yeah, true. Okay, you know and that's so, what um, I feel like I'm lacking is the in person growth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm all online, like especially since the COVID stuff. Like I hardly yeah. ever go in person to any kind of group things. Like, yeah, I got to start going out to these conventions, man. I used to do more conventions when I was doing like toy stuff than I have since comics started up. But, yeah. yeah, no, it that has been quite the uh, cross to bear for all of us. Some people don't care. They go, they get sick or they don't get sick. And, you know, like some people don't go. That's a, that's a personal choice that, that we all have to. Uh, yeah, I've been to a few cons recently and I see a lot of people still. Well, not a lot, but it's you like they, they see masks at cons, but not at like bigger at bigger events. And I can totally understand that. It's a big event, you know, especially mm-hmm. when you're going to like a three day con. You know, yeah. if it's a smaller event, there might be not be as many. So it just depends. Yeah. But I want to make sure we get through each book. So let's let's get to getting back to normal. John, I'm going to pull up the page. Um, sure. Where did the synthesis for this idea uh, first first if it came from you? How did it come to you, or or who brought the the idea? I always feel like my the backstories on how my comics came about are really convoluted all the time. So just like Home Free, <laughs> this came from my graphic novel, The Black Wall. Um, in that story, I had a character named Raccoon um, that he was on the like three pages maybe. Um, and I, for each digital release of each chapter of the Black Wall, I wanted to have like an extra comic to release with it. Um, so I was going to like just um, take different characters from the story and just give them more backstory and do like a small comic with each one. Um, and when it came to like, I started started with Raccoon. And I just couldn't stop writing him. So I ended up writing like a whole graphic novel and just split it up into different parts to release with each chapter. Um, so that's where he came from because like I just found when I started writing him, I couldn't stop. And he was just such an interesting character that I just wanted to keep moving with him and just the story kept growing. Um, just wanted to note real uh, fast that I also have an Italian artist on this comic. <laughs> uh, nice. Luigi Criscoalo. He's awesome, man. I love working with this guy. I can't wait to do more with him in the future. Um, that's a, that's another accidental theme Will and I put together. <laughs> once we get here, we realized that we organized well and there was no thought behind it. So It's not Italian artist theme night? Yeah. <laughs> it, is. it is now. It is now, exactly. We right. got to organize a trip for us all to just do an American convention in Italy and steal all their artists. Right. Um, as... as um, as long as I'm mentioning uh, Luigi, uh, my letterer is also Eduardo Camacho, and he's uh, he's worked with me on pretty much all my comics now, um, except for my very early stuff that I've done. So he's also he also does the Home Free series. So basically, with this comic, um, Raccoon, um, he is a homeless man. He's been on the streets most of his life. Maybe I'd, I'd say like if I was going to give you a guess on it, it's probably about 30 years of his life. He's just been all over the place, living in motels, tents never really having a home, you know? Um, and he's also uh, uses drugs. He's an, he's an addict. Um, not, not like the fun kind, you know, I'm talking like, you know, he's like meth and all that. Um, so he's also, he's very much an unreliable narrator. Um, so he, he's like the star of our comic. We're going to go on this journey with him, but we never know what, where he is. Like, is he in reality? Is he like in his own head? Um, 
but uh, are these clues that he's picking up really leading him any place or is it leading him to a whole different story than the one he thinks he's in, you know? Um, so it's, it's very much an existential crime comic where um, at, while this plot is moving uh, him forward, uh, he's also discovering a ton about himself that maybe he's forgotten about. Like, he, he, at this point in his life, he is Raccoon. He's the cops have named him Raccoon because he's such a wild man, you know? So basically, uh, he doesn't even really know who his past self is because he's been this other guy for so long. Um, so that's, that's the story on this one. Uh, and with the campaign, um, we're in our last week, uh, basically ends the 27th, but pretty much the 28th at like 6 a.m. or something. So, um, we're getting there. Uh, We've all hit over the almost at the seventy percent point with funding, um, so just gotta I gotta make keep pushing this week real real hard. So well, <laughs> gotta I get notice, the last few dollars in there. I noticed as we went through that you have a, a catch up tier that has this and the first three issues of Home Free, which is right. a really cool book that we've talked about. If you want to kind of introduce what Home Free is uh, for somebody who might want to catch up on on all four issues, sure. Um, so Home Free is also another crime comic. Um, it's also stems from the graphic novel, uh, The Black Wall, that I did. Pretty much, I, I don't somehow I created this crime universe. I got The Black Wall. I did get, Getting Back to Normal. So Getting Back to Normal is a couple years older, but um, still pretty relevant to the things going on in our world. Um, uh, Home Free, and then um, working off of Home Free, I'm writing little novellas for each release of it. Um, basically based on like small characters in the, um, that comic or um, taking off from events that happen in that comic. So it just kind of keeps growing, even though none of it's totally interconnected besides maybe the black wall and home free. Those, those stories work together um, where you, it doesn't matter which one you read first, but they, they're all, they both work up off of each other. Mm -hmm. um, but home free is about um, a girl named Sarah, um, a woman named Sarah. She's um, just kind of at, odds with her own life and she meets a young prostitute in a bar who's having a bad time with her um shitty pimp you know um so she goes to kind of help her escape but um it turns into a little more than an escape and more of a confrontation and that forces them to go on the road um and on the road they get into other wild situations um, and it, the story kind of grows from there, um, to connect back to the black wall, but you, you know, uh, you're going to, if you read home free, it's, it stands on its own very well. Um, it doesn't, you don't have to read the black wall, but eventually I hope you will, because we're going to do that after the home free series is over in the next two issues. Nice. Um, nice. yeah. Cool. I noticed the the black and white art, uh, you know, reminiscent of like Frank Miller's Sin City type feel. Um, did you did you talk to the artist about how you wanted that to look or did you just kind of send a script and you got those pages back and thank your lucky stars? Um, no, I definitely uh, wanted a, a black and white look. I like I like the really just kind of stark black and white. Um, and Luigi is uh, really he did a really great job. At it. I think um, if you look at the pages, yeah, he's actually updating some of the art right now too. Um, just cause this is a couple of years ago. He's an artist. He's looking at it and he just like, <laughs> you're going to put this in a book. I got to do some stuff with this, you know, um, his art, <laughs> the old art's great, but he wants to make it better. So mm -hmm. he's working on some of that right now. Um, 
and yeah, I wanted like a, the stark black and white um, look because when I, when I saw the pages that he was showing me, um, I could I saw that he could do that, but also like really bring that human quality of the character, and that's really important for Raccoon because, like I said, like he's got a lot of issues. He may not be a character that people are immediately attracted to uh, just because of his problems and who he is and everything, and he's just kind of a wild dude. Um, but I wanted you to be able to see who, you know, Raccoon's more than just that. You know, he is a human being. There's a man there. Um, and he's, uh, he's you know, and Luigi did a, like, beautiful job of, like, because he's on every page of this book. He's almost in every single panel. So he had to be able to, like, bring about that humanity and, like, show you all the different sides of Raccoon. If It's going to keep people's interest because he's just in this book so much. So, um just I give uh, you know whatever I can to Luigi on this. You know, he did beautiful work with it. No. I, I think that that character is what drew me to the uniqueness of of what I I haven't read it yet, but what I can see from the outside, I'm like, oh, this is a story I don't think I've experienced before, and I can't wait to to read it. So cool, cool. Well, I hope so, man. Like, uh, yeah, that's. It, I feel like you know there is a little bit of uniqueness. It kind of takes like that basic detective story, flips it on its head. Uh, putting you with a character who you normally don't get to hang out with for 97 pages of a graphic novel, you know? Um, so I'm excited to get it out there, you know? Um, and if people are kind of on, you know, I don't know about this comic, I do have a sample of like the first eight pages, I think, that you can just go look at right on the Kickstarter page. That's awesome. So you can just kind of, nice. you'll, you'll learn everything you need to know about Raccoon in those eight pages and whether you want to stick with them for the next uh, 90. Gorgeous. All right. Um, we're hitting right about midnight. Um, so I think we can maybe do another round of the 30 second pitches in case somebody came in close in case they missed it. And I want to thank everybody for coming through. Um, we won't make you do the pitch on um, getting back to normal. We'll let you do it last so that you can okay. <laughs> yeah, take a drink. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's, let's go magic powder and, uh, one, one last time before we close it up, uh, how would you get somebody interested in Magic Powder? All right, so Magic Powder, we're on our fourth issue, so we've been going strong to show you we already have an audience and everything like that. We also are based on basically the idea. I'm, I'm talking too fast. So the idea is basically Dungeons & Dragons meets The Wire, meets Breaking Bad, meets The Sopranos, meets Gamora, any of those kinds of shows. And then, you know, mixing it up. No human beings, none of that kind of stuff. But a big thing <laughs> I left out last time was... um. So these are the first three issues, one, two, three. This is the lore book. So you're not going to be able to get that in single form anymore. Now it all comes in volume one, a lot like how Chris does it. Ah. So, so yeah, the first four books are all in volume one, trade paperback, you know, so we got it all going on in here. It's also like formatted and uh, organized for you so you can read it in better order because with the lore book, it's kind of like out of order. So this is the way to go. Volume one is in the uh, add-ons and it's also in the catch-up packages. So yeah, go ahead, get yourself some magic powder. Although I might think about if it was me, I might do an update where maybe that day I allowed someone to get the ones you just showed. But that's just me being a brilliant I like person. It, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, that guy, Kevin, with a great idea. Right there. <laughs> But uh, yeah, definitely, man. Like now, I guys here, you guys talking about that. I'm gonna throw that out there now. Like, oh, I can bring you guys. Who wants a little bonus action? Yeah, Just like, a little bonus. <laughs> well, let, let's go to the guy who actually brought that info, Chris. Let's let's do uh, <laughs> the the Saturn effect. 
Oh, I thought you were about to bring in that guy. I thought he was no, no. He's a good <laughs> promo. I, I, I don't, I don't think he's coming in tonight, and that's okay. We, 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 we love that guy when he shows up, but uh, when he doesn't, he's dead to us. Okay. <laughs> well, what's not dead is the Siren Effect Alpha, which is live right now for the next two weeks on Kickstarter. Follow Stellar Siblings, Alpha and Centauri, as they try and free their home, the Titan Colonies from the Earth Empire, and uh, this is. Uh, volume one we also have issue five which is our new issue available right now for the next two weeks definitely go over grab a copy the best sci-fi epic you will ever read and th- just just some some badass comics who doesn't want badass sci-fi comics who it's yeah. just amazing back red sea we have a lot of cool shit coming in the future as well so and thank you for having me on guys i really oh of course absolutely frank uh 30 seconds on how you've been doing conventions so how do you tell people about turkat i just the same thing i told you before it usually gets people going which is when my daughter was seven she looked at me and she said daddy i don't like princesses anymore i like superheroes and that's where the seed of the idea came from people can relate to that because oh yeah i have a kid too that kind of thing so anyway uh turkana started off as a princess she left her evil mother behind she comes to earth becomes a superhero um it's an all ages comic there are six comics the to kickstarter is for turkana comic number seven which is what i need the money for to get to print it off so you can get you can get caught up on the first six com- let's say you don't have any of the comics you can go there and get all the comics if you want um Turkana's everyone with the long blue hair she's the one that's the the cool looking person uh her, her alter ego is named Paige, which is my daughter's name so and there's nice. uh it's it's a mix of different people like i said i have one who's a vegetarian i have one who's a, a needy gir- gir- kid who's like uh um he, he plays video games and that kind of stuff and i have a latina lesbian in there too so it's like there's they're all teenagers except for Turkana. she looks like a 15 year girl but she's actually 150 years old nice you got just from another planet so you you yeah. got what you've got 30 more seconds john before you all have right. to talk again because i forgot to do this at the beginning now i'm not doing a deep dive uh because i did it last week but i am uh launching a campaign to print tart 15 which is now because we hit a stretch goal we did get a cancellation that put us under it but i'm still counting it we hit our stretch goal. We're going to put 30 pages of story in Tart 15. Uh, she is on the road trying to catch a demonic serial killer who is killing one human per state every two weeks. And she's just been two days late over and over and over again. And she is approached by one of the sons of the King of Hell who offers a deal. Work together. We can get this demon out of the way. And she has to decide whether stopping a demon killer is worth working with a prince of hell. So please check out Tart 15. Uh, we're really proud of it. And uh, uh, we're about halfway through our series. And I think that when you get to read the entire thing, Tart 15 will go from, oh, I like that issue too. Oh, holy crap. So um, John, take us home with getting back to normal. I just want to say first about your campaign. Um I think it's 20 bucks for all 15 issues digitally, right? That's uh, what, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's what I dove in on because I, I haven't read Target. So I'm excited to just like have 15 issues of a comic to read for 20 bucks. That's sweet. Um, no, I also want to say about super Magic excited. Powder. Thank you. Um, Magic Powder. Uh, I love the covers of Magic Powder so yes. much that I, ha- I hired Samuel to do. Um, I, I contacted Jeff because I was like, dude, who does this? 
Um, I hired Samuel to do a cover for the, one of the variant covers for Home Free Issue Three because he's just a badass. So Samuel's a real professional dude. Like he's cool to work with. He's fast and he just does a beautiful job. So just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, Sam nice. rules. I could also vouch for him. Everybody else, hit him up. Shia the artist on Instagram and right. on Twitter. Um, so yeah, getting back to normal uh, is um, just a unique, different kind of crime comic. You're gonna dive in with a wild dude who's been living on the streets for his whole life and he he wants to bring justice to a dead body that he finds like he wants to find the killer because the uh the man reminds him of himself so he goes off to find this person but he's an unreliable narrator so you know he's going to get you into situations and take you places that you just don't get to normally go so that's getting back to normal awesome all right, gentlemen, absolutely appreciate it. Uh, hit us up when you've got a campaign running in the future, and uh, we can't wait to see what all of you make uh, as as you continue on this this crazy little thing called making comics. Will, I hope you had a have a great week. I will see you next Friday when we've got a couple more awesome campaigns. Uh, Rob Moltari will be here with Nightwolf. I, uh, I am usually uh, quiet about who will come because sometimes people miss, and that's okay. But I don't want to be embarrassed, and I know Rob Moltari is going to be here with his his Nightwolf crew, and uh, I'm 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 happy to say, uh, uh, we're going to hit it next Friday. Good night, everybody. Good night. See ya. Thanks.